It is Thursday, February 22nd. I'm here with Maddie G and Skitty, uh, touching on some injury news, the All-Star break. Not much actual basketball to talk about. Uh, we've got our hypothetical trades. Should be fun. They should all have a drink in hand. I hope they're ready to go. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. I'm the type to get shit done. You're the type to observe. March matters to my speakers, but today's November 23rd. Got something loud in the blunt, yeah. Don't say what I want, yeah Probably somewhere sunny and tan Foreign women in the sun, yeah That's all that I need That's all that I need That's all that I need Come about as with me Come about as with me And my mama's healthy Welcome to the Balls Deep Podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I am your host, Adam King, at AdamKing91 on Twitter. Our Thursday night show, uh, we had a late withdrawal. Skitty has stepped in. He was questionable, but he's here. Let's bring him in. Let's unmute them so we can hear them. Skitty, thanks for the uh, for, for making time. Uh, don't know whether you were doing an AFL show tonight like you were last night, but um, you've squeezed us in. No, yes. no, not tonight. So, um, no, we, we put a pause just waiting for all the processing games to wrap up. But I was here, ready to go, talk to you boys. I've actually just been dealing with a damn echidna in my backyard. So my dog has not been able to go in the backyard and he's been scared of it the whole time. And we're Googling, how do you get an echidna out of your backyard? And you're not allowed Cardboard. to touch because they're no, a uh, native Australian species. animal. So yes. just got to wait till it gets out. Right. Can I can I tell you from can I tell you from someone who's seen them do it sometimes? Apart from wearing thick gardening gloves, I've literally seen like a zookeeper grab cardboard mm. and just put it under the bad boy, and then just shoink in like a little paper cone, and then just Good. move it. Uh, that's what I'm going to have to try and do to, uh, on the weekend, I reckon. So that's going to be there fun. <laughs> yeah, I can't say we've had uh, having the echidna in our backyard. We get plenty of kangaroos um, mm -hmm. all over the place because we, we back onto a reserve. So they're up on the mountain. Yep. They come down in, oh, the, in the front yard. Um, oh, I think we've got at least two or three possums that hang around. We hear them at night wow. running around on the porch <laughs> outside. Um, plenty of spiders. Two, yep. there's a family of blue tongues living out the back. So, yeah, nice. we've, got, we've got all sorts of things here. Um, yeah, but that's welcome to Australia, I guess. Yeah, that's it. What a great country. <laughs> well, we well, live yeah, in. According, yeah. to, and according to your thing, how's the serenity? Perfect. How is the serenity? Yeah, other than a dog barking across the road, but he'll, he'll shut up soon. Um, it, yeah, it is pretty quiet where we live. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky. Um, no hustle bustle here at all, which is nice. It's the way I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, look, no basketball to talk about since we did the show last week, um, other than the All Star break. Yep. So, let's start with the All Star break. Uh, now, if anyone who listens to us probably listens to other shows, so you've probably heard analysts talking about it all week, but I guess just getting your thoughts on positives, negatives from, from the, the whole event. Um, Maddie, start with you. What did you enjoy about about the All-Star break? Sabrina and Steph. Like that, that's pretty much it. I think the only thing that I also appreciated is I got to meet Shaq uh, with Mickey Dell from Insight. We went to meet Shaq here in Sydney at the start yep. a couple of years back. And so just the enormity of the man, like like just to see someone jump over that. I remember I'm six, you know, I'm six four. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, they're going like, mother of fuck. 
And to just think about a human jumping over that man's head, that's pretty cool by Matty McClung. But yeah, man, I think Sabrina and Steph going at it and Sabrina having the hardest route there, obviously shooting from the boys NBA three-point line. You know, her quote, like, if you're, you know, if you're a shooter, you're a shooter. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love that. I, I think that was my highlight because the game itself wasn't, mate, Skitter, you'll agree. It was a bit of a wash, yeah? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a wash. The best part about it was, like, what, Halliburton in the first five minutes where he hit those five threes and he was just going off. Yeah. Everyone was hyped up. The elbow pass and then Jokic and Luca passing to each other and then that pass off to Shea and everything else is pretty shit in fairness, but... That, I know I've said yeah, this that a couple. Yeah, I know. Look, I know I've said this that a couple times, Kingy, uh, on my pod the other day. In, this year there was 168 combined three point attempts, which basically turns it in, the All Star game into a glorified three point contest <laughs> in yeah. a way. And like you go back to the original days, without a three point line back in 1953, there was only 154 points scored combined for the whole bloody game. Yeah. So, yeah, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. It's a tough one. Like the, the all-star game, it is what it is at this point. Um, I don't really see in, a, in its current version, I, I don't see any way that the players are going to be ultra competitive. Um, they, they're just, they couldn't. And, and look, they even came out and said it this year, which yeah. is the first year they've actually come out and said, we're not yeah. trying. Players aren't trying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a break. Um, so, I think the NBA's probably got a decision to make and it's whether they keep it in the format that it's in and just accept that this is what it is now. Um, I did hear um, on one of the Roto-Wire shows earlier today, I think it was Nick Whale and Brandon Kravitz talking, and they were talking about the, the courts that they had for the three-point shootout, those LED yep. courts with all the, yeah. the shiny bells and whistles, but they, they can't use that for the All-Star game yet. It's not quite ready. Right. Uh, but Right, okay. In the future, because I think part of this, it might have been the same show, I don't know if it was, but I think part of the issue is if you go back 20 years, it was very similar. They just weren't shooting as many threes. Like that that's yeah. what the worst, they just run yeah. down and jack up threes. So I think it was the Brandon who, who mentioned, if we get to the point where we can use these LED courts for the all-star game, for the actual game, why don't you make it so that the three-point line disappears for periods of the game? Five minutes, it just vanishes. 100%. There's no three-point line. And then I thought, well, why wouldn't you – maybe you have randomly just throughout the quarter a, a hot spot on the floor pops yep, up and it's four yep, points or something. 100%. Like add some gimmicks and, and because if, yeah. if you get a, a five-point shot, then everyone's going to be just jacking it from there. And Yeah. Like you might I as well, if they're going to come down and shoot these stupid three-pointers, why not – make it interesting and add some bonus stuff to it. Mm-hmm. I want my all-star game, like my 2K game. Skitty, you and I have run so many threes events, fives events. You know, we've played versus the AIs. We've cheesed it up against some other dudes like Milk and Three on Threes. It was the closest thing I have ever seen those exhibition courts to 2K be in reality. So mm-hmm. I'm 100% with you, Skitty. Uh, sorry, Kingy. I think we need to remove the three-point line at periods of the game. You can put a five-point zone, little hot zones, like a Mountain Dew hot zone. Like we all know that sponsors pay this big money to be part of it. Cool. We're gonna have the we're gonna have the Mountain Dew high voltage hot, hot shot. Yeah. Yeah, five-point yeah. spots zones just inside the half court, and you don't want to know where it's gonna be. It's gonna be random. Uh, dunks are worth three. Yeah. If you can get a dunk in this to avoid that score, I actually think yeah. the removal of the Elam ending actually is detrimental as well. I think we had a really good run of that a couple of you know years ago where it was actually like that final period was the most competitive that I saw them 
because they don't want to have that loss. Maybe, like, I know we call it an all-star break and, like, it's a break. But imagine if this was a once-a-year exhibition game, like a special international all-star big game that happened once a year somewhere randomly around the world, not in the middle of the week. There was a one-week break for our players to get healthy. It's an 82-game regular season. Imagine if we had a break then and there was just something else. There was no basketball for a week. There was some special thing on or some big whatever. But imagine if this is some different time of the year. Like imagine if this was in the off season at some point and it was an invitational and the best players could play. And if you accepted the invitation, you got to go play. Everyone comes there. Generous, not like an in-season, almost in-season tournament-ish, but I don't know, man. I think you're right on it, King. I think more incentives to do it could make it more fun. Skitty? Um, what do you guys think about Hassan Whiteside, what he said, his idea? If you make oh, it at I East versus West. Oh, so he basically said, as soon as they make it at East versus West, whoever wins the All-Star game, then that team that makes the NBA finals, they get home court advantage. I don't like Ooh. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, neither do I, but I thought it was wild. Yeah, no. I, and which uh, NBA team does Hassan Whiteside play on now? Just checking. <laughs> no one. No. Oh, good. Just Re- recently retired Hassan Whiteside. Um, oh, Sharks. I had – I did, who was I on? I think it was on the show with Noah that I did earlier in the week, and we were just talking about All-Star yeah, Game I'm, and stuff. And like yeah. I said, I think they've got one of two options. They keep it like it is and just modify it and add these bonuses and things like that. Mm-hmm. I actually I, – I thought of a, an idea that I think would be cool. I don't Ooh. think they'll do it. But if if anyone watched the Rising Stars games, oh, which were on the Friday, mm-hmm. I like them. Like the little round yeah. robin, first to 20 or it was 40 or whatever. But – I like that format. So I thought, because people this year, I think more than ever, were saying we need the all-star rosters to be bigger. Let's make yeah, them 15, 15 players, not 12. Yeah. So yeah. my sort of idea that I thought, basing it loosely on that um, Rising Stars challenge, was 15 in the East, 15 in the West. So 30 all-stars altogether. The, there's oh, a random lottery. Kingy, yep. yep. can I build on that? I think you're bang on. I reckon we get it sweeter. 20. What about 10 and 10? Make it the most elite all-stars. And then the other 10 could be like the other ones that we get. Like, you know how there's the snubs? Fan votes can count for like 10. Coaches vote for 10. What about that? What about narrowing it and then fattening that extra bonus pool to make the deemable all-star actually worth a bit something instead of getting voted in at the end? Maybe. Yeah, look, you could do something like that as well. Um, yeah. And, and I guess... And, and so where I was sort of going with that is say you've then got your 15 in the East and you do a, a random lottery. So, it. Uh, and it, it divides that 15 players into three teams of five, yeah. just randomly. Oh, yeah. So, and same in the West, the yeah. three teams in the East play each other first to 20, mm-hmm. same in the West, two winning teams play for the final. And so it, it's just little games. It's like little 15 mm-hmm. minute games rather than one long one. Um, and, yeah. Financially, I don't think there's a lot of incentive because these players earn so much money anyway. But maybe the winning yeah. team gets five million dollars for the charity of their choice or something yeah. like that. Because players will play for charities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So maybe it's because that lightens the load. You're only playing like potentially half an hour of basketball um, mm-hmm. if you lose both your little round robin games and spread it out over the day. I, I don't know something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll do it, but I, I just like. That idea, it lightens the load on the players, but you, you still get to see the best out there. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, yep. Sorry, I'm just reading comments. Uh, so 
And then I guess it's looking at beyond the game and three-point shootout, dunk comp. The dunk comp was pretty bad. Um, yeah. let's, let's be honest. Yeah. I think the right person won. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that Jalen Brown dunk where he, he did the D Brown oh. after he landed, <laughs> that, was, that basically summed up the dunk comp. Um, dunked over a really four-foot man on a chair, one-handed yeah. tomahawk, and then stuffed up the showtime part of it. That yeah. had me absolutely stuffed. How that yeah. was a better dunk than um, – I like Toppin's second dunk. Toppin's was good. Second Toppin's second dunk yeah. was decent. I reckon that yeah. was good, and everyone was just like, eh. And you're like, oh, yeah. shit. I think they need to like, get rid of the judges. That's what I'd be doing because the judges have got no yeah. idea. Um, and and just have a public vote or something like somehow you, there's technology there. Yeah. Use technology. Let the fans vote. But Where everyone in the stadium push like a yeah. button. Yeah, on their whatever. And also, it is. Some, something. Did yeah. you guys get the undercurrent of how like just much Dominic Wilkins does not like to be a judge at the dunk yeah. contest? Yeah. He sat back and was like, "It's just someone's opportunity to tell him about how he used to play against Michael Jordan." If yeah. there's a Dominic Wilkins yeah. over under for how many times Michael Jordan will be mentioned when they speak to him, I'm just going to smash the over every single time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not it's not good anymore. But they're, in saying that, they're never going to get rid of the dunk comp because of the nostalgia and the history. Right. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I think the only way around it would be to bring in the non NBA dunkers. I, I think yeah. that's what yeah. they have to do. The YouTube guys, um, yeah. Jordan Kilgannon is one of them. There's a few of them around. But yep. you look at the dunks they're doing on YouTube and oh, they, yeah. they far insane. outweigh the NBA ones. So why not bring them in? Like, yeah. It's obviously it's the NBA All-Star Weekend and they're not NBA players, but... I think it's because they just the NBA players don't want it because look at what we're saying about Jalen Brown afterwards. Like, he fucks it up. He doesn't do it. You know, he they all do these retro dunks and they do it. And then there's like, oh, shit, Jalen did it. So now on the feedback of socials afterwards... How many of us think the NBA stars are going to want to put their hand up next year for it? No, no way. You know what I mean? So it's either going to be all like just exclusively like you have to be an NBA star. This is it. This is mandated by the NBA. You get chosen, you play, and you do it. Or you've got to open it up like this. This is why we get Manny McClung in here going back to back. In Mm. 20 years' time, someone tell me who the fuck Mac McClung is. Yeah. And and I think the only way you're going to get these NBA stars back is to get – these non-NBA players in because then they're going to yeah. want to prove that, hey, we're as good as these non-NBA dunkers and that non-NBA yeah. dunkers are going to want to prove that they're better than the NBA players. So yep. yeah. something like that, um, three-point shootout's fine. Like it's, it yeah. is yep. what it is. It's always good to watch. Steph versus Sabrina was good. Yeah. So um, good. And then the yeah. only other thing we discussed, Noah and I, was doing a uh, like a horse game a game of horse with one player from each team but not not your stars like the team nominates a player or or fans like from the nets cam thomas would be perfect because he's pure offense why not throw him out there and just get him with all these other dudes playing a game of horse that would be Mm -hmm. so cool to watch but yeah anyway it's uh 100 it's done and dusted now so let's we don't need to talk about all-star break anymore um (laughs) Onto some injury concerns. So we've got injury reports have been trickling in sort of over the last 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. A lot of players are are off the injury report now, which is good. So there mm-hmm. were obviously, as we suspected, there were a few guys heading into the break that were injured, but were really just getting a couple of games off to, to make it a two-week yeah. break. Um, mm-hmm. But a couple that aren't off the injury report and have actually been ruled out that might be a little bit concerning. Um, Lamelo Ball, mm. 
I mean, I yep. don't. I wasn't expecting him back, and it, they have said that he practiced. So yep. Yep. I don't know. I mean, what are, have you guys got any thoughts on Lamelo? Do we do we see him come back for a few weeks, or I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, look, it was still his ankle again. So I guess prior injury history, you're always going to have a little bit more of an iffy take on it. Um, I think it's just going to be, you know. Hornets aren't going anywhere this year. We all know that they may take a bit more of a, you know, an easier route with Lamelo, just to ease him back in if they are going to bring him back. But yeah, I'm growing lower and lower on the expectation mm. of Ball actually able to return and then even able to return to how he was playing. So yeah, I'm I'm worried if I'm a Ball owner. Yeah, I think the biggest tell for me was that uh, Trey Mann has gone up from. 46, uh, it's a 46% rostered in Yahoo leagues after flirting with a whole bunch of potential uh, suitors for the last, you know, couple of weeks since the trade. And he's gone up 40% in the last day ownership in Yahoo leagues, which is astronomical to think that he was on 6% of rosters, but he's gone up now to 40%. It's, it's not looking good. He could be a top 75 guy the rest of the way, top 80 guy, a hundred percent. But I don't know, mate, if, 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 if ball's not there, yeah, it's it's looking pretty much like it could be his time to shine. Yeah, uh, yeah, I managed to grab man actually today in a league. Somehow he hadn't been picked up, Ooh. so I was pretty happy Ooh. with that. Um, nice. Markel Fultz is out for knee maintenance, yep. whatever we want to call it. Um, I don't know. This is a bit worrying given that he hasn't played for 10 days or however long it's been, yep. yet he's already been ruled out. Um, so I feel like – because I – I mean, I'm arguably the biggest false advocate You're out of all the analysts. But <laughs> even, I've even I've dropped him um, in right. one league. And I picked up Trey Mann, actually. That was the same league. I dropped oh, yeah. Fultz and picked up Mann. Okay. Um, Fair. I just think given given he's out and he hasn't played on it in almost two weeks, uh, for me, this feels like it's just something now that's going to stick for the rest of the season. Um, and like he, he might play – what have they got? About 30 games left, something like that. Maybe yeah, he yeah. plays half of those games, but he's only playing mm-hmm. 25 minutes a night. So yep. I think Fultz is a pretty clear drop. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, agree? Disagree? Yeah, no, yeah I, I agreed. And until he's playing minutes, it's it's coming down. Let's be honest. It's it's the t- it's your time to shine. It's week 17. We're wrapping up. We've got a four-day sprint to the finish. Then we're into week 18. Depending on where your league is, you need a guy playing minutes. You need a guy. He's going to be available on a lot of waiver wires at this point uh, because people are concerned. So you have to revisit that when you get the chance. And this is the time that you start to see the cyclical nature of waivers and streams pick up more and more with people pushing for the playoffs or people who just want to consolidate their ranking. But then come playoff time, you know, when it becomes an eight horse race or a six horse race, this is where streams become super active. And so anyone who's holding these in the top spot, if, if they're doing really well on assists, they're going to drop these kind of guys and, and come back and circle them up again. So, yeah, he's a drop for me for now. Yeah, I agree there's a drop as well. But with the Magic being in looking pretty cemented in play in territory, um, I think that like it's, it's smart by the Magic. If they think that they can get the best out of him going towards playoffs, then, yeah, hell yeah, rest him now and give him a little bit extra time to rest. And then bring him back closer to the end of this season or in playoffs when he's actually ready and go. Instead of rolling him out there and risking him or having him at like 80%, you have a chance to get him up closer and higher because they their backcourt does look so much better with Fultz and Suggs there 
together. It's yeah. so good defensively minded. Um, so I, th- I think if they are resting him, it's smart by the magic. So I reckon he's a drop now, but later on, or if you're at the top of the standings, then you know you can always have a have a go because those steals and assists that he can provide are very important. Mm, they yeah. are. Uh, so another guy that's been ruled out, LeBron. Um, again, he well, I mean, he played in the All Star game, but didn't play a lot. Mm. So a little bit of a similar situation here. I feel like if they're resting him already. The, the plan moving forward is they're going to manage him a little bit more yep. down the stretch. Um, if you remember back to the first game of the year when Darvin Hand came out and said minutes. he's going to play 28 minutes a night except minutes, when yeah. we need him, and then he played averaged about 36 minutes a night for the next two months. So yep. it's got to be telling on his body. Um, I know he's this freak and father time and, and all that sort of stuff, but he's old. Like He's, he's getting old, so these injuries have got to be weighing – um, yeah. or just adding up. And and yeah. so for me, LeBron down the stretch is going to be tough Resting? to trust, I think, in fantasy. Yep. Yep. I agree. And they've got, I, Reddish is questionable tomorrow as well, so they do have someone that can slide in. Obviously, nowhere near LeBron's shoes or even an NBA starter shoes, but Reddish is there. So maybe that's why they're opting because they actually have another body there instead of rolling out Hachimura and – also, Christian Woods out as well, so um, yeah. yeah, they're starting to get a few few injuries piling up. So it's going to be a real wait and see here for the Lakers. But I, I think they're mm. pretty set because they've only got what they've got the Warriors behind them. They're currently sitting eighth, and the Jazz um, uh, on their tail as well. But there's a few games clear, so they might be able yep. to look at those games clearance that they've got, and then LeBron gets a bit of resting. Yep. Mm. Um. And then the last one. So this guy who's been on the Don't, fringe of can returning. We skip, can, can we skip him? Like I just this is. <laughs> I, I'm literally so I bought I bought up the leagues that I own DeAnthony Melton in, and it's it's a it's just so miserable if you're a DeAnthony Melton owner, even if yeah. in IR right now. Don't you smile, fucking skitty? Don't you don't you start? I'm. This was a guy because you and I have a very tight. You and I have a sorted D'Anthony Melton history, back to the yes. first couple of weeks of this league. We both went to add him when we saw him randomly sitting on a waiver wire, and it was a week two or week three. And Skitty yeah. and I literally went to add him at the exact same moment in time. And I've just literally pushed the add button. You know when you put the add button and and a miracle it comes up and goes, this person is no longer available. I'm like, what, what the fuck? He's I just literally I've got him in my like I've just done it. And I've done it like three or four times. Like, what is going on? Is the internet down? And then I, I, I go out of it. I click onto it. I right-click it and activity. The filthy see you next Tuesdays have picked up this bloke. And so I have just yep. been, I have, it was, you sniped me for him. Then you used him for a little bit. You actually moved on him another one. Look, I don't yep. know what's going on. He's had so much rest now. He's been on teetering on the verge. If he is, if you're in a 10-man league, a 12-man league, you're just going to have to drop him and find a, a human being at this point in time, to be honest. Uh, and, and to your point, there's guys on the waiver wire out there, like even your Austin Reeves at this point, who was going to carry a lot more of the LeBron burden when he's out than DeAnthony Melton, because I, I don't know what's going on at this point, Kingy. I, can anyone tell me when the man comes back to basketball? We know, though, for certainty, he has lost his starting job to Buddy Heald. So that was pretty much the announcement just before the All-Star break that Nick Nurse says, look, he's locked in. He's committed to this right now. Don't care how much they've lost. He thinks Buddy 
fits really well in the starting unit. He's going to use him. De'Anthony Melton is back to his Memphis role of coming off the bench, being six man, like six man Melton. So he's going to lose that instant starting value. He's going to be capped by minutes. I think it's time we move on. And and I'm an owner of him in a couple of leagues. And yeah, I'm I'm ready to drop him and start making other moves. Did um, I know Nurse said that Buddy was going to be in the starting lineup, but did he say that Melton wasn't because yep. Buddy could just go to the three? Oh, he did mm. say that. I think I think he I think he said that they're looking at continuing with their their starting lineup as is currently constructed is now set, and that was when Paul Reed made the start at center instead of yeah. some bullshit bullshit Morris you know lineup whatever. Yeah, Batum's still got to come back, and then Melton. Yeah. So theoretically, they could run Maxi Melton, uh, Heald, Tobias, and Reed, but then they could yep. also go with uh, Batum swapping in for Melton. Um, mm. They it like you know he. It could be nearing a return because remember Philly are on a back to back against the Cavs, so they might be opting to not play him today and then play him against the Cavs uh, on true. Saturday, Friday. So um, uh, it's one to one to watch. But yeah, if his minutes, if he's coming off the bench, then you know as good as Melton's numbers can be, like you know he's capped. So there's yep. better players to be streaming, I think. Can yeah, I think so. I, I think that. Um... Yeah, I mean, he's been out. I just pulled up his game log. So he's basically yeah. been out since the start of the year. 17? Um, yeah. Pretty much. 16 um, or 17 games, I think he's been out. Now. Uh, it'd be, yeah, it's close. And he missed a few before. He he came back briefly and then was out yep. again. So it's it's almost, yeah, probably six weeks that he's been out. Mm-hmm. And three weeks ago, he was he's getting close. He's practicing. But this injury yep. just concerns me. Um, and yep. the fact that, he wasn't – they were hesitant to play him starters minutes even when before the trade deadline, mm, before yeah. they had injuries. Um, so I'm just not convinced he's going to play, even if when he's fully yeah. healthy, that he'll play more than 25 minutes. And, and in 25 minutes, he's back end, maybe a streamer. But, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not looking good, yep. Um, yep. I don't think. All right. Ooh. Aussie – Themed question tonight, which I came up very late. Um, came up with this very late, and it depends how much you've travelled as well. Look, honestly, not everyone who lives in Australia has travelled around Australia, but just for for anyone listening mm-hmm. that, that would be curious, favourite Aussie holiday spots. Uh, I'm going to start with um, Skiddy. So, yeah, I, I've travelled around Australia a fair bit. Like my old man used to have a camp event, so we did a few road oh. trips around. Australia, which is fantastic. So I've been to every state. I've been up through like Cooper Pedy up to Alice Springs and Darwin and everything like that. Done that whole drive. It's amazing. Done the whole of the uh, East Coast. Um, fantastic. And after going through all of it, like we used to camp at this uh, camping ground just on uh, the Murray River on the border of New South Wales and Victoria. Um, it was called Boomin and Numina State Forest. And it was just so secluded, so peaceful, so beautiful. And the Aussie countryside is just amazing. But mm. when I think back to places I've actually been back to a few times, Fraser Island is just phenomenal. Absolutely love it. Oh, They've got Fraser, everything yeah. there, the sand dunes, the beaches, the bars and the holiday resorts that they got there. Mate, that is just outstanding. And it's like they treat it like their own little community out there as well. And it's just, yeah. oh, it is, it's a little slice of heaven. Maddie. Maddie. Oh, you you got me. I'm a I'm I'm a half city half country a half city half country 
Carp Beach guy. Uh, I grew up on the Gold Coast. So for me, just being near the, like, you know, when you're back in the, like, like 80s and 90s, I was on the Gold Coast where if you went 20 minutes that way, you're at the beach. If you went 20 minutes that way, you're on the, you're flirting with the hinterland. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm really comfortable with the mountains or the beach. Uh, for me, oh, it was, it was, it was stunning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was divine. You know, now the traffic is, a, you go up there to visit. I just want to get out of the place within two days. Uh, mm. It kills me. Um, it's, it's tough because I've like, just like you, I've been around a place. I've done, I've been able to have some, some good times around the country, like going down to WA, there's standard Esperance, like the beaches down there, uh, Matthew Flinders Bay. I, I don't think you could skinny dip in a blue water. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, there's literally this spot at, at the bay where the water runs like from kilometers out and it filters all the way down to the ocean. And like, you can literally just put your hands over it and drink it at the edge of the sea and it's fresh water where it's filtered from. Like you just can't get that anywhere else in the world. Um, Byron Bay, there's a little beach just called just around from Byron. Um, there's a beach called Watergoes Bay. Uh, and just down in Watergoes, there's a rockery on the left and there's down to the right. There's a little cove that I just go into and I can just sit there and read a book and or watch an NBA game on my phone. Um, and I've spent like great times there growing up. So that little that for me is like my happy place. So put me put me near the ocean. And that, or look, Uluru, like go Alice Springs is just, will change your life going out to that country. Yeah. Like those three, like you see that, like, I don't think you can know the gravity of it. Even if you're an Australian, if you've never been to Uluru or the Red Center, you've just, you've got to go. Like it's, it's spiritual. And the fact that there's a billabong, like I didn't know this until I went there with the, with the missus a couple of years ago. There's literally a billabong where the water runs off the top of it. And when you see it, it's, it's fucking massive. And it runs down to the end and you go there and like, why is there a water hole here? Why is there frogs in the middle of the desert? Like you just can't understand it. Um, that that for, is just next level. But yes, uh, congratulate Broken Hill in New South Wales. Never been Admiral Nita in chat. But yeah, what about you, Kingy? Where's your, uh, uh, not to break it, not to break it. No Nita. Sorry, brother. No beaches in Broken Hill. Yeah, so no, pub. I, I haven't been to Broken Hill either, actually. Um, good pub. It's... Uh, <laughs> Which is surprising because it's not that far from where I am um, relative to the size of Australia. Uh, so I'm, I mean, I'm in, I've said I'm in Queanbeyan, basically Canberra, and I was born here. So this is where I grew up. Um, so very comfortable here. And hence, I don't like big cities, Sydney, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. They're all, yeah. it's too chaotic for me. I'm mm-hmm. happy to visit. I, like I love going to Melbourne for a few days and visiting friends and, and hanging out, but I don't like big cities. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we've done most of the East Coast. Uh, I haven't done it. I've never done Alice Springs, but I have done Darwin. Oh. So I used to have to go oh. up to Darwin for work, um, okay. yep. a little bit year, years ago and, um, and actually got to go out to the Tiwi Islands quite a oh, bit nice. and, and do Beautiful. work out there. And it's, uh, very different, uh, very unique out there, mm-hmm. um, very remote, very remote, but um, it's a, it's an amazing place to visit. Um, I would say probably my favourite favourite spot. While I don't like big cities, Fremantle in in Perth mm, is it, it's sort of a nice mix. Like it, it's it's obviously okay. it's a it's a built up kind of area. It's not far from yeah. Perth, yeah. but really laid back. Great beers. Mm good food it's on the beach um yeah, i'm yeah. not a beach guy per se because i hate mm-hmm. sand 
even when we go to the coast here with the kids and, and take them away, they usually go to the beach without me. They don't even ask me because <laughs> they know that I, I don't like the sand. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say probably Fremantle, um, and we're heading up later in the year, I think maybe up to the Whit Sundays um, okay. up in that area. So yeah, we, beautiful. We haven't, we haven't picked a spot yet, um, but my, my daughter – her, her well dream i don't know if you could call it her dream but she wants to just go and stay right in a like a resort or, or a hotel or whatever where you walk out and you're on the beach and it's yeah really clear oh, blue water that's her yeah. her dream holiday maldives um, you're gonna so, be paying a lot of bucks tell her to get tell her to get a man and a husband real quick and go on a honeymoon <laughs> that, that's we, that's that's maldives country we did look at and that's not even at, here like well, not Maldives necessarily, but we looked at Vanuatu, Fiji, like heading over there. Oh. But at the moment, there's all of the water issues that they've got, oh. and the and the yeah. diseases and things like that. So, we've made an executive decision to stay in Australia. Um, yep. So we'll, we'll head up up north. Um, we have done snorkeling and stuff up there already, and and, and I've got one great, for you. But um, I got one yeah. for you. Tell your daughter, Hayman Island. Hayman Island. You can all right. go to Hayman Island. I'm I'm trying to bring up photos. I stayed there once. Um, and you walk out onto the beach, like there's these suites at there and the, and the hotel is onto the beach with your private little bungalows beside you. So you can walk straight out onto the beach to your patio. There's like yep. a little bit of concrete, but the concrete's built into the beach on the beach. Okay. And you can just walk straight out to, f- that. it's just beautiful. It's like a one hotel, it's like a one hotel island, Hayman Island. If you guys want to do that one in Australia, that is a, a lovely spot. Probably two nights, three nights tops. You can get bored there, but that's that's it. Hey, Kingy, I'll give you yep. two things on what you said. Fiji, if you need a good place to stay, I went there last year. I had the best time and it was so unbelievably cheap and literally on the water, walk straight out onto the beach. It was beautiful. Yep. Two, yep. Fremantle and WA, they need to sort out their beers because down here we get Carlton Dry, right? The best beer in the world. I went over there and I said, can I have a Carlton Dry? And they said to me, oh, we've got something like Carlton Dry. They give it to me. It tasted nothing like Carton Dry. It was piss. And I'm like, nah, I'm off ya. I've, I've had enough of free. I'm out of here. But it's a bit. <laughs> but Fair enough. Quokkas and everything. Quokkas are amazing and everything yep. like that over Quokkas, there. And, yeah. it's, and it is. Go to the place. But I need to fix their damn beers. Get some Carton Dries over there. All right. I'm I'll mention it if I'm over there. Because um, <laughs> I do know that uh, a plan, which we were going to do last year, but we ended up doing Europe instead. But a plan is to take um, the kids over to, well, to Perth, but to head up north to. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I can't even think. But to swim with the, the um, whale sharks. Oh, the oh, whale I, sharks. Um, oh, see, that would be brilliant. Called. But, but yeah, anyway, that that is what sort of something that we've wanted to do for years and we just yeah. haven't got around to it. But, yep. um, yeah, potentially something that, that's still on the radar. So I will be back in Fremantle at some point and I'll mention to <laughs> them like that, that they need. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right. On to the actual topic that we're here to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Player matchups. Um, so this one, this was yours, Skiddy, I believe. Uh, it was. It was. So we've gone, because I didn't want to look at the last three weeks because we actually haven't had three weeks of NBA action. We've only had sort of two, one and a half. So yep. I said, let's look at the whole season. Pull two players who are similarly ranked. Who do we want rest of season? You've gone Paolo Banquero and Carl Anthony Towns. I'll let you lead us off. Yeah, uh, just quickly before we were 
before you said uh, last couple of weeks, um, Donovan Mitchell, number one overall player for the last two weeks, just letting everyone know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I've gone Parlo and Cat. Uh, I think, like, you know, everyone would assume that Cat would be um, so much higher than Parlo. He was obviously drafted higher. And, you know, he might be on everyone's lips as well because, you know, he had the 50 points and then losing, which is just so cat. Isn't that great? And, but I don't know. I think I'm kind of leaning Parlo just because the Magic have to, you know, put more foot forward um, to go into the playoffs, especially if I'm punting free throws, then I'm taking Parlo because Parlo's assists are up. His steals are nice. He's actually getting blocks. His field goal percentage is really nice. He's scoring roughly around. 22, 23, and he's still getting about seven boards. So, and that's been over like the last, you know, uh, month or so that Parlo's actually been surpassing Cat. Um, and that's even with his free throw uh, deficiencies. So, if I'm in a team where I'm going, okay, I have this choice between Cat and Parlo, and my free throw is still already in the dumps, I'm taking Parlo. And even if my free throws aren't that much in the dumps, I'm still taking Parlo just because I think that the Magic are going to keep pushing further and further. They're in that play-in spot where they can go higher or lower. So they need Parlo to be firing at all costs while the Wolves are just sitting at the top of the West or second in the West, wherever they are now. Cat still gets out-rebounded by Gobert. Cat loses usage to Ant Edwards. Uh, Assists ran through Mike Conley and Ant. Um, And they just don't need to rely as heavily on Cat as much as they always did. So... Um, yeah, this is one that I had the conversation with the boys the other day. And, yeah, I'm I'm leaning Parlo, and I'd love to hear what you boys uh, think about it. Um, I'll go first because I've literally been tr- thinking about trying to trade for you in one of our leagues that we're in for Cat because I like Cat. You got um, Parlo? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Parlo. You might have Parlo. Okay. I don't know if you have a – look, I'm – I like Cat, but I, I do. I am with you on that. I, I do think Paolo's had an incredible sophomore season, and and hats off. I think he's deservedly won an All Star nod this year. I think he's been playing out of his mind. I think the addition of Wagner back uh, into the lineup with him, because you know he had to really spearhead that team for a long time. He still managed to maintain it. We've also just seen an improved Cat year this year. So for me, I'm like a little bit more dicey on it. I probably would have to lean. I think I might have to lean with you slightly on Paolo. But I do love what Anthony, I, I do love what Carl Anthony Towns has actually done this year, despite me not liking him very much as a basketballer. Like, I don't like the guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, oh, yay, cat. You know, I, th- I think, you know, last year he said some stuff coming off the back of, you know, that playoff loss that, oh, yeah, we could have beaten those guys or we're just as good. He just came across a bit of a git, but he has been 40th ranked on the season overall. So, you know, like this is we, we the expectation for him. And let's be honest, everyone, can he get back to that first round value? And the answer was no. Okay, could he be second round value? And then the answer was 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 yes. Like we we think he could be again um, because last year he was outside the top 150. I think like it was ridiculous his season. So to see him back in this zone, I think his stability is good though. Yeah, I probably have to go Paolo, but I'm really a fan of what Cat's been doing. But the, the the bit of a decline to the 50th best player in the last couple of weeks does kind of concern me a little bit moving forward. Uh, so well, Paolo's the winner because two out of three yeah. have gone Paolo. Um, 
I, I have a bit of a soft spot for Cat. Um, oh, just, okay. Just because yeah. I drafted him in his rookie season um, <laughs> in fantasy and yep. I got him – I don't remember yep. where I got him, but it was, it was late enough in the draft and he was – I want to say he was a top 15 player in his rookie season. Um, he was really yeah. good. And so I actually ended up getting him and Anthony Davis. And it was a rare Anthony Davis season where he wasn't injured. So they won me the league, basically. Anthony Davis and Cat won me the league. So I do have a bit of a soft spot. I've got three of his jerseys. I like the Wolves. Um, The the throwback, let's be honest, the throwback Wolves jerseys, when they said that old Kevin Garnett jersey, whenever they roll those out there, Yeah. yeah, they're saucy. He's uh, he is he does come across a little bit arrogant sometimes. I and and we I get where you're certainly coming from there. Um, not to say he's alone in that. Like I think to be a, an athlete at this level, you have to have a bit of arrogance about you. So, mm. um, I think I would lean Towns. I, I just I don't know. He doesn't really hurt you anywhere. Ooh. Whereas Paolo has sort of the higher upside in a couple of yeah. categories, but his percentages. Can, can hurt up. you. Can hurt you. So it mm-hmm. would depend a little bit on your build, uh, and if you don't care about percentages, it's probably Paolo. But if we're just looking at sort of pure rank and and value across the board, um, and probably a little bit of bias on my behalf, I'd probably go <laughs> Towns. Um, just a little bit. And, and I just I feel like the Wolves as a team are just playing with a chip on their shoulder. Like they've got a lot 100%. to prove after last season. So. Yep. Um, I just think they're going to push. So even even though they're they're at the top, I don't think they're going to take their foot off the gas. Like, okay. Wolves finishing first in the West would be unbelievable for them. hundred percent as a franchise, yep. and, and they're Matt. a small sort of market yep. team. So I'll go yep. Towns, um, but it, it's certainly very close. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of the number one ranked player over the last, hey two Skitty, weeks, you didn't know uh, this was coming. <laughs> Maddie G's is Donovan Mitchell versus Steph Curry. Um, two pretty similar yep. players in terms of where they play on the court. Uh, Skitty, you and- shut the fuck up. You don't get to vote before Kingy does <laughs> yeah, his intro. Kingy, would you like to do that intro him. again before he like? I'll just remove you. Look, see, I can there, just there remove him. Oh, yeah. hey, Kingy, how are you tonight? That's fantastic. Yeah. And now he's just waving in the background to no one. And now he's just there going, yeah, like, what's, 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 "What's your dad drug?" Oh, just drink. You can just drink. <laughs> drink. All right. Maddie, Donovan Mitchell versus Steph Curry. Off you go. Um, this is this is just this is a conversation. Before I give you this, I think there's a power dynamic that is now starting to kick in in the NBA. I think the old guard is dead, or it's dying, and the new guard is rising. And I think we're in a very amazing time in basketball. This is welcome to my basketball rant for thirty seconds. I'll time it. This is the shifting of the guard in the NBA. We're currently experiencing something we didn't get to experience in the 90s. And I think to know the pop culture phenomenon that basketball was between like 92 to 96 when Shaq came in the league and we had these incredible players like, you know, like Shaq and we and Shaq and Penny Years and the Hornets and Michael Jordan and the, and the Bulls winning six finals in the 90s. But after that, there was a seismic shift in a decline in talent. And really, who do we have? Yeah, oh, Matty fucking Kobe Bryant. Yeah, cool, Kobe, fuck off, whatever. I get it, Kobe Bryant's great. But that was one guy. We keep on saying Kobe and then, okay, AI, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter. There was no real legacy guys developed in this time. And, and the league was weak for a long time as well. And I know some people will throw that on me as well, but it's, it's fair. I think we could all agree that there was a decline in the NBA after this illustrious run that we had in the 90s. 
I just seeing the torch starting to be passed over to this new guard right now. And I think this is a case where Donovan is the older of that new guard, one would say. Like we do forget that he's not the youngest guy. And I'm not saying that we should start forgetting guys like Steph Curry, but let's be honest, Steph is getting on. How Shooters are going to shoot. He's going to be there. But how many more elite Steph Curry seasons where we see him in the first round and we go, yeah. Now, to back this up to the point, Steph Curry in the last two weeks has been, this year he's been the 13th rest player. So he's dropped out of the first round for the first time. Like last year, he was the 20th. He was the second best player two years ago. He was 12th. He was 20th. And now he's just flirting around the value for the year. Again, about in the top 15 with some games to go. But Donovan Mitchell and Kingy, back to your point at the beginning of the year, you you asked one before we knew each other well. And it was one of my favorite questions of preseason because King, uh, I don't know if you're in a 20-man league, Skitty and I are in a 20-manner. Which first round? Which guys do you see a first round value if they're not in the first round? And my response was Don Mitchell. And the guy has been. This has been the year of the Don. Is Don is very very fucking good, and I think this is the start of the rise of him. And I can see him being a first round, a cemented first round player moving forward. And I'm actually going to take Donovan Mitchell in this despite me loving and having an affinity for Steph Curry. Uh, and despite what Steph has been doing in the last couple of weeks, which has been nothing short of eclipsing, but in the two, last two weeks as well, with all these 40 point plus games, he's still been the 12th best player. And Donovan Mitchell's been the number one, but on the season, Don's still higher. I'm taking the Don. Should I go? You should oh, go. Mate, you can go if you like. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear what you have to think. Because we have, uh, uh, let me guess, Skitty. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I take my bias hat off while I am an analyst, okay. all right? So I will give Kingy. you an honest... I want so, um, Oh. <laughs> um, that's why I went with Kat in the last one. Uh, so I would <laughs> probably go... I think I'd go Donovan as well. Um, yeah. I don't have him in any leagues. I have Steph in one league. Uh, we've seen a decline from Steph this season. I, I don't think yep. anyone can argue. He's still been really good, but he's had more... He's, he always has those off games, but he's had more yep. of them this season. He's actually had a couple of games where he hasn't hit a three, and that's unthinkable mm. in, in the last unthinkable. five, seven years. Yep. Um, so for me, it's it's Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and I was just looking at numbers. So he is in nine, Cat. He's the seventh-ranked player yep. this season. Steph Curry is the 14th. For me, probably the biggest – well – I mean, we could call it an outlier given it's it's one season, but Donovan Mitchell is second in the league in steals per mm-hmm. game. Uh, I'm not counting Marcus Smart. He is ahead of him per game, but he's only played yep. 20 games. So behind Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Donovan Mitchell is second with 1.9 steals. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say 12 months ago, two years ago, I would not have thought that Donovan Mitchell would be an elite Defender, I'm not saying he is an elite defender, but he's elite in terms of his defensive production. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a difference, don't get me wrong, because James Harden, Luka Doncic always get about one and a half steals, but they're not elite yeah. defenders. So mm-hmm. there is a difference. But in terms of fantasy, you don't care. You just care about production. And Donovan Mitchell yeah. is at 1.9 steals. And mm-hmm. we'll see if this, this is... This is college, Don Mitchell. He did this in college. Mm. He did this college in his rookie year in Utah. 
and then he didn't do it. And you're spot on, Kingy. But to go back over his steals for the last couple of years, he's been at 1.5, 1.5. He's upped them half a steal, which is a lot. Like a lot, half a steal. Like I think when we look at the numbers, it actually is when you look at the statistical profile because he upped it from 2021 from one to 1.2, 1.5 for the last two. But to then go up to almost two steals a game, that, that's actually a massive statistical jump. Yeah, It's it might basically be just like going from a, being a 20-point scorer to a 27-point scorer. 100%. Um, if you're looking at just simply at maths and, and percentages. Yep. Um, and yep. that doesn't happen very often. It does happen, yep. but but not very often. So, yep. um, so yeah, for me, it's Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think the Cavs are... But, I mean, they've been phenomenal the last month. Yeah. They're probably the best team in the NBA in terms of record. So... Yeah, I think it's Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I wouldn't say comfortably, but I, I think I'd there'd be a little part of me that would go, ah, oh, but it's Steph Curry. We know exactly. what he can do. He can thing. go off for 50, but Donovan Mitchell went off for 70. So, yeah, um, 71. 71. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, I'll hand over to Skitty. I think we know what he's going to say, but no, we will give him his five minutes of uh, glory here. As I said, can you? And I appreciate my five minutes of glory. But as I said, I'll bring my analyst hat on and then my bias hat on afterwards because you know that's what I am trying to do. I'm trying to be somewhat professional. But this is a whitewash. It's it's spider, and it's because he's somewhat been better all year. I like you. You mentioned somewhat. Very somewhat. Good. You're right. Somewhat professional. Well Where's my bottle of wine? There it is. There uh, I don't have. Oh, you're drinking wine tonight, Skitty? That's so cultured and lovely of you. Yeah, I drank about 15 when I did the last AFL pod, so I, need, I didn't have a slab ready. Um, I'm going to find it. He's been better all year, and yes, it is because 1.9 steals. It's amazing what happens when you give a shit about defense, isn't it? Like, you just got to so – like, good. Andrew Wiggins 2021, you just got to try. It's That's all you got to do. And the thing about Spider is as well, it's like – some of his steals are like coming from pickpockets, but most of them are coming from interceptions. And the Cavs are literally yep. drawing the ball to the other side where Spider is, and he's just going picking the pocket, like straight interception, running down, dunk. He's obviously scoring it well while Garland and Mobley are still getting back. I think when they are fully healthy, then um, they may take a little bit of the usage away from Spider, let a little bit of a load off of him. But my real concern is Curry, and it's not something that I say lightly because he's Steph. As much as yeah. as much grief he is given the Cavs over the years, I still respect the hell out of him. I love the way he plays. I do love him as a person as well. He's fantastic. But one of the big things that I've noticed about Curry this year, he's now under a steal for the year, which he had gotten previously, but his yeah. rebounds are down, and that's what was making him a first-round player last year. He's down from 6.3 to four at point something. I can't remember what he is exactly, but it's four yeah, or 4. something. 4.4. He's, he's 4.4. So he's lost almost no. two rebounds per game this year. That's what's dropped him out. Of the it's his lowest rebounds in like the last five years. It's his lowest it's, rebounds in the yeah, last five years. It's So the assist is still there. The threes are obviously high as all hell. His field goal percentage is still around 500. His free throws are elite. The scoring's still good. But the rebounds is what's bringing him down. But Spider's rebounds are still around six. His assists are up this year. And the steals is what's really driving it all. So, um, And I don't see a way that that, that really changes. Um, maybe like a little bit of usage. So maybe his points go down a little bit for the rest of the season. But, yeah, I, I'm still taking Spider. But I, as I agree with Kingy, I don't think it's that far off. Like you could make Can I an take argument you one to step to say Curry ahead of Spider. Can I take you one step further? Mm. And I wouldn't be one of the first to ask the question, 
because it's something that I've been thinking. Because you know, like Kingy and Skitty, I've both spoken about Don Mitchell. I know even in Kingy and your friends and family league, I've got him. I just looked at how many leagues I owned on. I was so high on him this year. I didn't think it would be this good. I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to toot my own horn and be like, oh, yeah, I thought he was going to be first round. No, I thought he could be right around there. I thought he'd be better than like the 20, 21st, 22nd player. You know, he was coming around that end of the second round, mid to end of second round as we can see him in nine cat 12 teamers. Do we see him a first round player next year? And could this be the beginning where we see Steph Curry for the first time in a long time in fantasy being a second round player? Um, I think yes, but on the caveat that's that Donovan Mitchell is still with the Cavs. If he goes elsewhere to a better team, then he could be in strife because uh, they're not going to give him the same kind of platform that uh, the Cavs are. So yeah. if he, let's say he goes to New Jokes, York, yeah. he's he, he, the value is fucked because that is yeah. a lot of people that have to shoot there. So um, if he's at the Cavs, then yeah, I think he's a first round yeah. player. Current situation, yeah, current situation. What about you, Kenny? I'd, I'd, in the first round. First round. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, spoiler, I've already started my ranks for next season because I've just – hey! hey! Every year I start my ranks around the All-Star break. Um, obviously, okay. a lot changes, but it just gives me something to do for the <laughs> – Am I on to something here? Are you leaning the same? If you're doing this as an official exercise, am I like – are you leaning the same direction? Uh, so, so at the moment, um, at the moment, I – have Donovan Mitchell in the first round next year. Um, yep. Back back end. Um, yep. I don't think he's seventh yep. this season. People aren't going to take him seventh. No, no. He'll be like 10th, 11th, 12th. He'll be, he'll be I running. might. Yeah. I and, might. and I've pretty much got him <laughs> and Steph even. Like they're, okay. they're like two spots different. But I do have Donovan Mitchell above him just. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and spoiler alert, Wemby is in the top three. So we'll I knew he go. would be. Let me guess. Your top three is Jokic, Shea, Wemby? Yes. I'm not saying what order. <laughs> Can I guess what order? It's Shea yeah. Jokic Wemby. It's Shea Jokic Wemby. I think it's Shea Wemby Jokic. No, neither of them are correct. Oh, really? Oh, really? Is it still Jokic number one? Jokic, Jokic. Oh, wait. It's Jokic, Wemby number Wemby, one. Shea? Holy shit. Yeah, I think Wemby. Yeah, it's Jokic I've got Wemby. Wemby number one. No, I've got Wemby number one. You've got Wemby as one. Yeah, oh. you know what? I. Fucking love it. You know what? Let's just let's just raise a, a drink. Let's take a drink in honor of Kingy for being the first person to say that Wemby is the number one next season. Well done, sir. They yeah. I, whether he stays guard. there, whether he stays there, I don't know. But um yeah, we, we'll see. Um yeah. I like it. anyway. So so look, I mean, long story short, Skitty went with Donovan Mitchell like we thought he was going to. So I, I we said will, it was a whitewash, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will move on to mine, and I don't think Skitty has seen mine yet. So I haven't have seen G's either. No one has told me shit. There you go. <laughs> You're a late addition. Get over it. Thank you for thank you for subbing in. You're so lucky I'm so I have good gone, to work on the fly. I have gone battle of the Murrays, and we do have questions coming in. I'm going to get to those. We just do. so if we'll anyone is watching yeah. along, I am going to get to them, but we'll just do this one quickly. Um, so I've gone with the battle of the Murrays. Dejounte Murray. Jamal Murray, and they are very close, uh, I want to say. So nine cat leagues, DeJounte is the 47th ranked player. Jamal Murray is the 48th ranked player. Yeah, they're one by one. It's ridiculous. As the uh, special late guest, I'm going to start with Skiddy. Love that for me. Um, 
Oh, it is bloody tight, isn't it? So the the weird thing that that I'm looking at is that DeJounte is outscore, outscoring Jamal, which doesn't seem right because Jamal's such a prolific scorer. And I like if you would have said to me, like, gun to your head, who do you think scores more, DeJounte or Jamal? It, I'd say Jamal every single time. But DeJounte has him by half a point, which is outrageous to me. But... I don't know, like, because Jamal has that ability where he's just, I know a lot of people say, like, oh, playoff Jamal, playoff Jamal. And, yes, it's amazing because he has the most point differential in NBA history from NBA regular season to NBA postseason. And we know that he can be such a good scorer. I don't know for, like, because DeJounte can do so much else like you know he gets his assist he's been i think he was up there with the steals later or he was the steals later yeah, he's he at 1.3 DeJounte is at 1.3 on the season yeah yeah but i mean like i think he was was he the steals later when he was in that last season in san antonio because i know he yeah. was bloody close he was up there he was on the he was on the cards yeah but um i know trey's been a little bit down the last couple i think i I think I still lean DeJounte just because he can get, like, you know, those he gets the six rebounds, the, the few assists, and the steals as well. Jamal's obviously a better three-point shooter, good free throws on good percentage, uh, a good field goal. So DeJounte's a little bit down there. Far out. That's a tough one, Kingy. That is a real mm. t- I think I'm going to lean DeJounte just because – I am a little bit worried about Jamal's uh, – was it his tibia, I believe it was? Mm. Was that the injury before All-Star yeah, break? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and where they're seating, they're all right. They're comfortable. They obviously need him in there because they need every one of their starters to win. But the Hawks aren't doing very well at all, and they need to keep pushing, So, and they need DeJounte yeah. for that. So I think – as close as they are, I think DeJounte edges him just because he can uh, – he won't score as much as Jamal on every nightly night-to-night basis, but his other categories – because it's the counting versus the percentages. Choose. Just choose, you bastard. Okay, I'm going to lead DeJounte very, very, very slightly, but I like Jamal better. The CJ hey, All right, Matty. I'm going to be Switzerland. Really? Okay. No, look, I'm these guys, two guys. Yeah, fuck off. Now, these two guys are a bee stick. They they literally are a bee stick. They're 47, 48, like you said, for the year. On percentages, they're 463 to DeJounte, 468 for Jamal from the field, 425, 825 for DeJounte, 849 for Jamal. I like rebounds. I like assists, and they both do them. DeJounte wins rebounds. He is at 5.1, um, 5.3 assists. I love steals. I think steals are just underrated as that extra cat you need. So I kind of want DeJounte because I just feel that next I, – I, I kind of want DeJounte and the injury concern and what Denver did last year just to pull back a little bit, like we're cool, we're confident, we want the championship, we're going to pull back. Just like you, that concern for me. I like Jamal better as an overall player, but the injury thing with him does scare me and what Denver will do. 
But I'm actually just kind of moving towards being more in on DeJounte Murray next year in Atlanta and Trey Young or Donovan Mitchell being that superstar random Laker that ends up with what those packages are going on right now. With I don't think it's going to be Donovan. I do think it's going to be Trey Young, which especially if I'm in a keeper league or in a like in a dynasty league, I do think that this opens up just DeJounte next year really having a, a, just a, another great jump. So I'm I'm gonna lean Dejounte, and yeah, I'm I'm I think it becomes his team this year. I don't think these whispers of Trey Young being tradable now, after so many years of Trey being untradable, according to like every person in the league with Atlanta. No, no, Trey's going to trade. You don't get to that point. You don't keep Dejounte at the fucking trade deadline after him being in rumors for two months. Zach Snyder basically throwing himself on the snore on the sword to be like Dejounte is basically my guy. I, I I think it's Dejounte, so I'm gonna probably I'm gonna take Dejounte Murray. I think as well. Yeah, I think I, I think I probably lean Dejounte as well. Um, I, I do think Jamal, in terms of his, if you were looking at his floor, it's probably a little bit safer. Like I feel like he's more yeah. consistent, whereas Dejounte will have these random games where he shoots three of fifteen and yeah, just doesn't really look engaged. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the Jamal Murray resting thing, I think that's that's a, a bit of a concern. Like they, they're yeah. not, they don't have to roll him out every night. They're, they're pretty comfortable as long as they finish in the top four. Yeah. Um, that they're, they're pretty confident that they can win anywhere. They're a good road team. So I think it's probably DeJounte, but if in three weeks times, the Hawks have lost eight out of 10 and they're yeah. sort of bottoming out, then it, maybe it's yeah. Jamal because DeJounte just loses interest in, in sort of, yeah. playing so but at the moment i think it's Dejounte uh for me as well mm-hmm. uh so we yeah. will like jump that. to these questions and then i need to head out it's my wife's birthday i need to keep her happy tonight oh, oh happy, happy birthday oh, happy, happy, happy birthday mrs king yeah it's my brother's birthday too so it's a big day in my family hey oh, raise um, it up pizzas pizzas for dinner some cake uh, oh, off nice. to Matchbox Twenty oh, and the Goo Goo Dolls oh. tomorrow, so that'll be that'll be fun. Wait, what? Damn. That's actually hey. a double header. Yeah, yeah, Goo Goo Dolls are opening for Matchbox Twenty. I'm only going to no. see the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> so yep. there you go, oh, yeah. mate. Uh, we don't get. What's your favorite Goo Goo? Sorry, what's your favorite Goo Goo Dolls song? Uh, ooh, um, ooh, I can I can play because I got it on my list. It's pro- ooh, it's maybe Black Balloon. Oh, good okay. song. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got a few. On Shine I, by a mile. Yeah. Okay. Slide, I, do, I like a lot of these. Slide. Songs. Slide. Slide. Yeah. Yeah. Slide's a mean. great song. Yeah, slide is a great song. I started singing in my head. I was like, why don't you shut? Wait, that's not it. Slide. Yeah. Why yeah. don't you slide? <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't. So, no, I do. I am looking forward to, to the, the Goo Goo Dolls and then I'll sit through Matchbox 20 <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> uh, all right. Wow. They have some tunes, but. All right, Matt, who's been watching along and, and had, if he's still watching. Oh, he has, comedy. He yeah, comedy's amazing. I noticed a few oh, guys, boy. and we talked about this before we jumped on, I noticed a few guys yeah. showing up on the injury report with illness right after the All-Star break. Yeah, a little. Uh, maybe a few of the guys got a little bit too close during the All-Star break. And, and yeah. uh, I mean, Sabonis was one you mentioned and, and Brandon Ingram who weren't in the All-Star festivities, but... I don't know. Would they be there? They all know the same Instagram girls. They all well, still they know do. the only same only fans girls. And they, they don't know. Look, it's uh, he said it. They oh, might man. have um, 
they might have all been there. Like you see the sideline yeah. footy. There's players there from all over the yeah, league. So, everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that there's a chance that a few of them were there and, and were just out together and picked up something. And Carmody just messaged you too as well to say a happy birthday to the Kingy family. So he's still with us. So cheers. I'm glad we can get good. to your question, man. Well, let's answer this question then. Would you trade JJJ for Porzingis in a head-to-head Yahoo points league? Ooh. Hmm. Well, Skitty's saying no. No. Matty? Not for me. Not for me, mate. That's, I think, Grizzly, yeah, I think JJ is at a massive, we always say like the shutdown kind of thing. If there's going to be anyone this year, right now it's JJJ. Just, you know, the, yeah. the niggling injuries, Grizzlies are shit. If there's so anyone they're... that's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be JJ. So you're saying you would well, rather pull Zingas? Yeah, I'd rather yeah. pull Zingas. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't um, trade I'm, JJJ. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I would trade JJJ for Porzingis. Yes, yeah. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I might I do that as well because I, I might just do that slightly because I like that. However, I'm just trying to open up on Old Mate because there was a bit of an, there was a really cool interview that happened at the All Star break with I think it was the general manager. I'm just trying to get to. I've, I've literally had it up because I, I referenced it the other night in the pod. Uh, Kleiman over in Memphis actually referenced that he was basically talking about the whole process for the rest of their year. And he was like, so when can we see Desi back? When can we see Marcus back? What was going on? And he was like, look, we're just in a, in a championship right now. And then the back end of that, he was like talking about the guys who aren't playing. And then he pivoted to Jaron. And then he was like, Jaron is our guy the rest of the way. We're going to just put the new guys with him so they get to run with a starter. So the talk was becoming like, Jaron is going to play. He is going to play around with these lineups they're going to throw him in there. So there is potential. But the thing is this, his percentages in points league, look, triple J all the way if he's playing every single game because he is going to get every single thing that he wants in the world. But if you want the stability, Pazingas, I think would be it. But like, it's tough. If, because in, in, in cat leagues, there's going to be a percentage down decline with triple J because we all know that he is getting every single shot in the world. I think his first seven or six shots the other night, Versus the Warriors were all threes. I was, I was holding him in my team, and I'm like, he was 0% from the floor. And I was like, how is he zero? And I looked, it was zero from six from three. And I'm like, okay, he's spacing and fucking about. And then he turned it around, then he was ended up 450 for the rest of it. So, look, I think I think Jaron has a really big path. Um, if the, what Kleiman says, yeah, does hold true. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. Um, I do think the, the Jaron shut down rest whatever is real but so is Porzingis resting we've seen it all season yeah. he's yeah. not going to play every game they they've got Tillman who who will debut tomorrow so it's not just Horford anymore so i i think i'd maybe i'd lean Porzingis slightly but i i actually think if we look by the unless Porzingis unless uh, Jaron gets an injury um yeah. which well injury in Memphis who knows what that is but yeah i, I think yeah, I think they might end up playing similar amount of games rest of the way. Um, I, I, I agree. I think I think there is value in Jaron still, and I think people are gonna. I, th- I think he still is going to be consistent enough to warrant holding at this point in time before trying to ship him off in an emergency fire. They'll rest him sale yeah. because that's what people look for in fantasy as well. Oh, come on, guys, he's going to rest. I'm still trading him in any league that I'm trading him in, holding him at the value that he is currently representing. Fellas, life of cars. 
Battling for six spot, top six make the playoffs. How do you balance streaming versus holding on to players who are top 100 and you risk playing less games over the week in a, just in a standard league? So if you're battling for the playoffs, what, do you have, a, I guess, a method or a theory behind how you would manage the back end of your roster? Like if it's 12-team nine cat, let's say that your roster is, I don't know, 12 players deep, maybe 14 would you have a cutoff? Like, do you are you holding ten players, opening up four? For me, it sort of depends on your league settings because yeah. if if you've got endless streaming, you can have more streaming spots. If yeah. you only have two per week or three per week, you really only want to have one or two streaming spots. So, I, I don't know mm-hmm. thoughts on that. I've got a very uh, I've got a very like clear system. What I do is when it comes down to like these kind of iffy ones, and mine is. If I look at the player that I have to drop is the worst, and let's say he is rough, let's say he's like 99th or whatever, but I need to make up those streams elsewhere, I'll look at the like the player that I'm looking to stream in. I'll look at their if they've got back-to-backs, their next couple of games, are they playing against weak opponents, that kind of thing. And I'll base that as my next my next part. Let's say it's like let's say it's uh Melton's playing, um, and then I'm gonna drop uh, someone that's like roughly around the top 100, but they're playing, let's say, Hornets, Spurs, Hawks, this kind of this kind of stuff where you know they can actually put up numbers. I'll probably more lean to like, you know, the team that's playing the shitted opposition just because I go, okay, I can feel safe in knowing that if I do drop this all right player and I see that, you know, they don't have the opportunity to put up these numbers over the next couple of days because they are going to play like these good teams and it might make them look worse. And I'm going to feel safer in being like, okay, I'll take the back-to-backs. I'll take the extra games. I'm going to try and push forward to make these playoffs. If he's still there, perfect. I'll pick him back up. That's no worries. But if he's not, then it's like, well, oh, well, I'll just keep on streaming. The thing is you can just keep on streaming it through and these players that are going to get the extra games – they're going to be more valuable to you than someone that's going to play the three games. They're not going to outscore them. They're not going to out-rebound them. They're not going to out-assist them. It's, yeah, I'm going to lean the the stream side, but if I'm at a tiebreaker, I'll look at the schedule for the next five days, next five games, sorry. How about you, G? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm pretty much the same, guys. Like, Like 120 is roughly my cutoff. And I'm just—I literally did the quick exercise where I went through my teams and looked at their rankings and and and, and moves that you get and guys you pick up. Look, it's really tough, especially I think as you're in one of the worst spots in the world. Twelve team, nine cat, head to head. It's like you do the math on that. You're looking at the best 144 players, basically rostered if you're like the twelve teams. So you just do the quick math, quick math, you know, and it's 144. So you want to hold a player that's top 100 because they're going to be better than anyone you're going to bring in on the waiver wire. But a lot of the, you've also got to look at that not just season based, but recent it, recency bias is like probably one of the most important things in fantasy. So yeah, I'm, I'm dropping my worst guy if I need to get a win. You're sixth right now. You've got to because yours is different because you, you, you're battling for it. So yeah, what can you do now it. to make a move? Because then again, you got to you got to be conscious of the guys who you're battling against are also doing the same thing. So you're going to be really into it. So yeah, man, I'm I'm battling for it, cousin. and we wish you we wish you well, and we hope you make the six, man, and make sure you jump on a pod or, um, and let us know how you go, and hopefully you make it. Yeah, it is a tough one for me. I I mean, the first thing I usually do is I look at the guy I'm considering dropping, 
And then I think, yep. well, if, if I saw him sitting on the waivers, would I go out of my way to add him? And if the answer is yes, then I probably want to hold him. If the answer is, yep. uh, I'm probably going to look at his stats, he hasn't played well, I don't really need him, I'll leave him, then I'm okay with dropping him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, T.M. It all depends on, or, yeah. Or T.M. Uh, uh, 14 teams, no turnovers. Giddy Haywood Hunter, one has got to go today. So it's a fire sale. Who are we getting rid of here? Josh Giddy, Gordon Haywood. Oh, Haywood or Hunter because Giddy's plays. Because Giddy plays. Yeah, it's... Hunter's back, it's... though. Yeah, Hunter, But they're resting him been... in between. Hunter's been all right. I don't know. It's yeah. probably Haywood. It's Haywood. You know what the hardest thing about that one is, is mm-hmm. that we don't know how Haywood fits into the Oklahoma City rotation because we haven't seen it yet. Like, Giddy's minutes have been down. Haywood could like take a lot of the minutes because Giddy's been around what 25 ish or something yeah, like that. Roughly, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And it hasn't been great. So, and that's been without Haywood. Like, Haywood's a yeah. very serviceable player. So, yeah, he is. That's why but he's not like, playing. Haywood could, isn't he coming if it's today, back after All Star, won't he? Or is he back? They're still. Week? I'm. I'm sure he's still rested. Like he's. They've still said he's being reassessed. Though they did post today. Oklahoma City gave him his new number is 33, and they put like a jersey image of him up today with the ball like standing there in the that's promo cute. reel, going like, "Hey, that's hey, that is. I play for Oklahoma City now." Tim's got a rough one on his hands there, man. Like daddy, because. When you look at the three players straight away from a category perspective, you'll obviously go like Gideon, mm. Hayward, and then Hunter. But Hunter's been playing out of his mind off the bench where he's scoring like 27 in 25 minutes. And it's hard to take away, but Hunter doesn't do much else, but he's also been getting a couple of extra stuff. Yeah. Man, that's rough as. I – shit, I don't even know. I kind of want to oh, – I, I, It's a tough one. I Hunter? think all three are – all three are probably fringe. Like, uh, yeah. so yeah. I don't think any of them you're going to drop one and go, oh, I should have held him over this guy. And and just so people yeah. do know, Gordon Hayward is playing tomorrow. So um, he is playing. Yes, he's off the injury report. So he's off. If you could wait, um, which you probably can't, you've got to drop that. one of them. Um, I would so probably, have- assuming you may have Hayward in an IR spot, I would leave him in the IR mm. spot for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, don't activate him because he's been out for whatever two months or eight years or something. So yeah, I would, eight years. I would uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, leave him there. Um, yeah. Now this right, question yeah. here was actually on the RotoWire show. RotoWire, Roto World. I don't know. No, RotoWire. It was on the RotoWire show. So I know this question. They they talked about it. Luca or Marvin Bagley for Jokic mm-hmm. and Aaron Neesmith. Who who do we prefer in this oh. trade? I know who I prefer because I was listening to it and when I listen to podcasts and I hear these questions, I think that I'm being asked and so I answer it in my head. So yeah. I know my answer. Will you talk us through because you've heard this already. So you workshop it for us because I have a gut instinct reaction. So I'm curious to hear the uh, hear, hear the workshop. So my my answer is Jokic Neesmith um, and that's because if I look at – I think I prefer Neesmith over Bagley. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're – hugely influential in a trade like this. Jokic and Luka are both top five, top seven players. The difference for me is that Luka has a two-game week in the playoffs. Yeah. 
that yeah. that was the deciding factor for me. Um, because right. either of them are going to be your best player. If you can get four games of Jokic compared to two games of Luca, I would take Jokic over Luca. Um, that that was what it came down to for me. Yeah, my my gut instinct as well was Jokic in Naismith. I just like what the pathway that's opened up for Naismith. I like him where he's with Bagley. We know what trick pony that the bloke is, and I think we've seen glimpses of other stuff, but he's he's not consistent enough for me to even warrant a, warrant an own. So then it becomes like who do you, who you go first round? Do you go Luca or Jokic? Will you take Jokic before you take Luca? And I'll take Naismith before Bagley. Yeah, I think I'm with that as well. Even though, like, like Luca could go 70, 10, and 10, and you kind of sit there and go, well, <laughs> shit, that's not bad. And that's counteracting everything else we're talking about. But, yeah, I think I also lean Jokic and Neesmith just because I feel more confident in Neesmith being able to put up the numbers than Bagley can, yeah. even though Bagley's been playing well in Washington. so He has. Yeah. Um, um, actually, Kingy, the next. Can you go to the next one on the back of that? Because you both mentioned schedule. The next, we'll come. Nita, we'll come back to you. Can you go to that one? Because I think this fits into it. Because I had that on the board as you guys were talking schedule. Mavericks, Hornets. Uh, yeah, Mavericks uh, and Hornets. They both play two games in week twenty-one. Cause mm-hmm. the other teams leading into that breakdown in week twenty on a two-gamer are the Lakers and the Bucks. Uh, they're the only big red flag ones on the two gamers. So um, I know in a trade. There's like I know that diminishes Kawhi's value in some lay league lay uh, leagues uh, slightly. You're looking in week twenty as well. Sorry, that's the Lakers. Sorry, not yeah, Lakers, say, and the Lakers and Bucks. That's the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lakers. Kawhi Lakers. Yeah. Because I got asked today the other day about do I do Kawhi in the in the playoffs, and I had to go back and double check. So I didn't think Kawhi had a two game the rest of the way. I thought they got theirs out. Like they had a really shit run of like two game weeks there for ages at the beginning of the season. So the Lakers are the two gamers. So I think that's where we can see rest kind of areas around for LeBron patterns where we get boost for other guys in the team like Russell and, and Reeves around then. Uh, but the Bucks are the big one. So Damian Lillard owners and Giannis owners who are battling for a position in week 20. But you could be your first week of the playoffs that week as well. Cuz, anyway, that was the answer. And, and I one. think I heard someone posted on, it was probably that Road Wire show, they were talking about that the fact that they had both Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and should I be looking to trade one of them because of that two-game oh. week? Ooh. And then it was, well, who would you move? Like, who, who are you looking for in a trade? And and I, I immediately thought, if you've got Anthony Davis, I would potentially consider moving him for Jason Tatum because the, the Celtics have four games in that week that four the Lakers have yep. two. Tatum has been... What top fifteen or something? So a bit disappointing. Um, So I think that'd be something to look for a trade like that. Um, Yep. Lamelo is last one. We'll we'll just do this one quickly and then we'll jump out. Last uh, Lamelo is back at practice. Should we trust Charlotte's injury reporting and preemptively drop Trey Man for Keontae or Paul Reed or hold? The answer to should we trust Charlotte's injury reporting is no. And I think what? even if if ball does come back, I still think man could have value. Yeah, I, I agree. I think man could play shooting guard next to ball. Like that's mm. no dramas. The assist might go down a little bit, but that's all right. But why the fuck is Paul Reed on your bloody? Mm. Why is he on your waiver wire in twelve team cat? What Embiid is out. What what's going on here? Pick, that's insane. Some other idiot for Paul Reed. Pick up Paul Reed. 
Yeah. Adam Ronia, you can just come along and play in one of our leagues what? next year. Just send us, <laughs> just 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 slip into my DM on Twitter. We'll add you to a, like one of our insight leagues next year where you actually play with some more competent people. Because I'm reading oh, these man. names that are available on the waiver wire right now, and I'm like, geez, they yeah, must be like 14. Yeah. I'd love to be on that league right now because if they've Maurice got should have been picked it, up weeks ago. What's going on? It here? might be 12 team. Your roster's only eight deep. Yeah, look, they could be. We don't know how deep that's the rosters fair. are. So, fair. Yeah. That is fair. Anita, how can you just tell me? Can you just tell us to like so we just understand how many people are on your roster, including bench spots? Like, how many people do you have? Do you own in your league? Because that is to see those three names available on the waiver wire just looks like you've just hit the biggest gold nuggets in fantasy basketball down the stretch. Like, I'd almost just go like, worst player, doing, 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 and add. Doing, 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 and right yeah. away, thirteenth. What the fuck are you playing in? Pick up Paul Reed immediately. Now, what the fuck are you doing watching this podcast? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Watch this podcast and like and subscribe to all things like FBI International. Like, do it, do it right now, please. Um, that is nuts. Thirteen and that three IR. That's sixteen teams. That's 180 players are basically on rosters, but not those three guys. Hmm. Nita, go in and win well, your I mean, league just, right now. It just now. shows you, though, that I mean, not all like not all leagues are are equal in terms of knowledge. People doing their research, that sort of thing. Like Paul Reed is not yeah. a, a name, so no, if, if people aren't following along and aren't, aren't doing their due diligence, then yeah, it, it, it's somewhat not surprising. But I mean, Paul Reed is top 90 over the last two weeks. And I think that's yeah. probably floor. So yep. yeah, it should yep. certainly be right. And, so. and Nita, what I'm going to ask you to do, because I'll take the shots and I'll share them with Skitty next week. There's my Twitter handle right there at MBAG Wiz. Add me, send me a DM. I would love, I want you to send me screenshots of the players available in your league and who's yeah. on your roster right now. And I will tell you who to drop personally right now to pick up some of those guys, mate. A hundred percent. I want to help you out because you, you, man, you, you should be making absolute mincemeat of your league right now. Yeah, Admiral's about to win this league. I'll tell you that 100%. right now. <laughs> you're gonna put your you're gonna put your league on notice, man. All right, boys, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, Pizza up. I'm gonna go. Um, quick plug for insight. Um, what what's happening over there? Oh. Heaps. We've got AFL that's kicked off, uh, NRL in huge gear. Uh, the NRL and AFL super coach seasons are kicking off very, very soon. Skiddy, I know the first week of trials just out of the way. How was that for you, mate? That was fantastic, mate. You know, AFL and the, uh, the other boys, they do their beautiful work on the NRL. NBL's done now. BBL's done as well. But, you know, uh, we're coming with you for AFL if you need, NRL if need be, and then me and Matty G, we're there every Saturday morning for the heat check, so we're more than happy to keep talking uh, NBA, keep giving our thoughts, keep giving out, you know, like what we just did to Nita. Like we're more than happy to keep <laughs> keep having it when we can. So, Mate, I, I'm literally going to do this, and I'll share the screenshots, and we'll talk to it next week, and we're yeah. going to get this guy a W. Like that's what we do. We get you Ws. Yeah. We have a bit of a punk club on Saturday mornings. Kingy's been – Yes, One of our lovely guests on Heat Check on Saturday mornings. We do it live in the morning. Then we put it back to the audio. Uh, oh, by the way, Skitty, we have another special guest this weekend. Hell yeah. Love to hear that. I just want to also I never, say I, a very happy birthday to Mrs. King. Yeah, happy birthday, Mrs. King. Brother King. Love Thank to say you. That. Yeah. Happy birthday, no, Brother King. Happy birthday, Queen. And uh, why don't you slide on out of here, King? Oh. I will. I, I will. Um, 
I'll give you, I'll give us a plug. Obviously, FBI, like, subscribe, yes. YouTube, Google, that. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say that uh, the Mighty West Tigers had a win on the weekend trial. They did. Hey! <laughs> it means very little. But given the amount of that they've won four yeah. games in each of the last two seasons, I'm taking every win that I can get. Uh, yeah. We will be back next Thursday as usual. Um, and, and then I've got my regular shows. I'll be back on Saturday with Mike Fiddle having a look at the weekend schedule, back on Monday with Noah. Uh, and then maybe I'll throw in a bonus show somewhere. I don't know if oh, I get yeah. bored. Fun. Um, I do like throwing those in at this time of year. So thank yeah. you, Skiddy, for uh, jumping in late. Um, Maddie, as always, thanks for joining us. Always Until next time, catch up. Thank you. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.